right, glad you're with us. Yep, 201 days, nearly our 200-day countdown. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, in the last two days, well, maybe, is it three, Linda, three days, maybe? I don't know. I can't, I don't even know what day it is. It's Thursday. I know that. Nobody or knows maybe, what day it is it's anymore. It's probably Super Thursday from Joe Biden. Today's Super Thursday. Uh, and I don't know what state I'm in. Okay. Um, but uh, I've been having discussions. As you know, I've been very critical of Governor Cuomo, especially. I, I was just, I was blown away. We had him on this program and we had a good conversation. Because we all knew at the time we had him on the program that New York was going to be the epicenter of this virus for obvious reasons. I mean, and it spread to Long Island because all the people in the city thought they'd be clever and they all headed on out to Long Island and up to Westchester, New York, more moving more north. And anyway, long story short, it uh, it was obvious. And it's like, OK, how to this this disease does not discriminate Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative and. I have my disagreements with the excessive taxation of New York, not fracking in New York and a bunch of other things. But I care about the people of New York uh, where I grew up, um, although I lived in five other four other states, uh, five years in Rhode Island, five years, California, two years, Alabama, four years in Georgia. I mean, I was I was pursuing this crazy career of mine, never thinking I'd make it back to New York because just from just never thinking it happened. But it did. Anyway, we just knew, look, geographically, it's the smallest area, the most densely populated. New York City is a tiny island. I'm telling you, it's it's small. I can get the statistics if you want them, but it's obvious. And 11 million people on most days. And, you know, beyond that, it was getting to the point, you know, there were real, real models that were showing as bad as the death numbers are in New York. And they're bad. I mean, now we're on the decline. It seems precipitous. I'll go over those numbers anyway. Um, the hospitals did not get overrun. The ventilators were sent up by the federal government. The Javits Center, the largest hospital built in the world, was was built in, I think, less than a week by the Army Corps of Engineers. And they then turned it into a COVID-19 facility, which took an additional amount of work because the entire ventilation system within the Javits Center had to be adjusted to adapt for COVID-19 and airborne, et cetera. Uh, then the Navy ship, the Comfort, and that too became a COVID-19, but they're barely filling any of those beds hardly at all because we didn't need them. Uh, Governor Cuomo announced yesterday that he's actually sending ventilators out to other states that need them. So that part of this for New York is, and you always got to worry about the rebound aspect of it. Anyway, so long story short, um, the governor knew of my criticisms, knew my criticism on, you know, I heard him. Um, at first, I felt at one point he could barely get out of thank you. I mean, the, the federal government, the president is building all the hospitals, sending all the ventilators, doing all the equipment, sending the Navy ship all in to save lives in New York, record time. I mean, unbelievable, a, a medical mobilization that will be studied for generations. It is that dynamic, uh, a change in, in paradigms for future pandemics such as this. Anyway, so long story short, they were going to be on the radio show. They called and asked us and we said, sure. And somebody must have gotten to him and said, uh, maybe not a good idea. But anyway, so I said, you know what, Linda, arrange a private phone call. 
So we've had a, a, a number of them, and I'm going to keep it private because there's no point. You know, going back and talking about ventilators at this point, how about talking about opening the city uh, of New York, which is going to be the biggest challenge. The delay now in New York is going to be at least till May 15th, understandable. But there's got to be a way to get this country up and running and to do it as safely as possible. And I think there are steps that can be taken. And after we kind of settled our our differences, he got his points out. I got my point out. There's nothing that I said on air that I didn't say to him directly. Same back to me. And now I think he realizes that, uh, you know, the 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 depth in which we've gone into in this program, which is another issue I want to get to in the course of the program, which is the timelines of people that are, you know, have been critical of ours. I'll put my timeline up against anybody at fake news, CNN at uh, MSDNC. Uh, I'll put the president's timeline up, up against anybody in the country 10 days after the first case. You know, but he called it a hoax. He said, no, those that are politicizing it, weaponizing it, that's becoming their new hoax. He never said the virus was a hoax like we never said it. But those that and it's evidenced by my statements and by the president's actions. You know, the things we were saying in late January and reporting on, I it's just so happens. All of my friends are, you know, in my real private life. Many of them are doctors. I don't know how I became friends with so many doctors, but. Remember, the first known case of corona wasn't identified until January 8th. I was wrong. It was January 8th, and there was a Novid virus. Anyway, uh, we were talking about that with Dr. Fauci January 27th on my TV show. And that actually became part of what the president played, what was it, Monday of this week, when he took on the mob and the media, especially after the New York Times hit piece that came out on the 28th of january i was discussing what is that my headline was the unprecedented nature of covid19 i talked to three different doctors one of them i think was dr josh if my memory serves me well uh talked about it with the president josh and dr lee okay thank you uh talked about it at the super bowl interview that i had with the president and about closing borders and the coronavirus threat that was february 2nd had Dr. Fauci on February 10th, and I was asking him about asymptomatic people spreading the disease. Uh, and then we followed it. We followed the, the important part of what science was going to do to help us. They were able to break down the sequence of the virus so quickly. And the travel ban, we spent an awful lot of time talking about uh, how quickly we were on a path towards a vaccine when it used to historically take years to break down the sequence of a virus. And I, I've talked at length. I want a vaccine for all diseases and I want people. I want a cure for cancer and heart disease. Nobody wants anybody to die. The, these shows get hard to do after a while when you're talking about death counts. It's not fun. It's what the president said. There's no happy talk, Jim. He's talking to fake news, Acosta. No happy talk. We're talking about death, Jim. This is about death and trying to prevent death. And that's why it's so obnoxious the way the Democrats have been acting. Pelosi's paper yesterday is beyond the pale. It's repulsive. It's disgusting. It's everything that these Democrats have done for three and a half years. And so, you know, we have we have, we have a pretty interesting time. My, my interest was the fact that asymptomatic people were shedding this virus, possibly airborne, 
late January and very early in February. All these other idiots in the media and and public officials were getting it all wrong. And the Democrats were in the middle of impeachment. And I'll get to that. One other issue. uh, By the way, the governor will be on today. Governor of New York. How do you open New York? How do you open New York City? It's the financial capital of the entire country. If you don't think it's important, it is. Uh, Even if you live in Idaho, it matters. I love that Christy Nome never shut down her state in South Dakota. She appealed to people's sense of duty and responsibility. And I tip my hat to South Dakota. And I think we can learn from the people of South Dakota. They never closed restaurant indoor eating in in South Dakota. Idaho opened uh, yesterday. CDC thinks that what I think they said, like 40 percent of states can open. I, I, I think it's higher, my own opinion, but I'm willing to look at what they're writing about it. But there's a backlash beginning. I've warned everybody. You got the Pennsylvania House and Senate. They voted to overturn the Democratic mayor's lockdown order. We saw what happened in Michigan uh, and the protests that took place there. We see now other states or protesters in Kentucky when the Democratic governor, uh, you know, calling on him to reopen Kentucky. You know, and this is another thing. Now, the president has all these 18 wheelers on the South Lawn of the White House today, rightly honoring America's truckers because the supply chain is dead without them. When I was young and stupid, and I was young and stupid, some would say I'm old and stupid, but when I was young and stupid, I used to get behind like an 18 wheeler in the middle of a rainstorm. It's the worst. And you want to get around the 18 wheeler, but. Because it's firing, you know, massive gobs of water in your, on your windshield. Now, when you try to pass the 18-wheeler, you can barely see to pass it. One of the more difficult driving maneuvers. I don't know, one day, I mean, a long, long time ago, I started thinking. I said, everything that we have in every store, every place, uh, all comes from America's truckers. Amazing people. They work this whole time. Farmers work this whole, whole time. Uh, the manufacturers of medical equipment have been working the whole time. Everybody's been working the whole time. Now, the, the, w- there's going to be a rub here because you had a majority of Democrats the other day in a poll saying that they would be perfectly fine putting ankle bracelets on people that test COVID-19 positive. Okay, that scares me. And they'd even, a majority of Democrats would be okay with taking every American's blood to test for COVID-19. No, thank you. And when they do come out with their vaccine, I'm going to make my own determination. No one's going to force me to take a vaccine. Uh, And if I deem it safe and in my best interest, I'll think about taking it. I get a flu shot every year. That's my choice. I'm not going to recommend what you do. I I told you what I would do with hydroxychloroquine, but you've got to decide. Uh, Israel tapped into their intelligence unit using what's usually focused on terrorism. They're actually tracking potential coronavirus patients with telecom data uk police forces are using drones to monitor public places and shaming residents that are out for a stroll uh it's a new era of digital surveillance a big piece in the wall street journal today and governments now are using new digital surveillance tools to track and monitor individuals uh this, this is the same government that hasn't rectified premeditated fraud on a fisa court to ruin Carter Page's life and violate his civil liberties and constitutional rights and use that information based on a phony Clinton bought and paid for Russian propaganda fed. They were obviously they knew Steele was creating this for Hillary 
that became the basis to get warrants to spy on a presidential candidate, his transition team, and his presidency. You have people in China, uh, I'm sorry, people in Asia, governments there, they're not seeking people's permission, uh, but they're tracking their cell phones if they're suspected coronavirus patients, South Korea, China, Taiwan, you know, that they're all involved in that. Europe and the U.S., they're doing different things. European nations are monitoring citizen movement by tapping telecommunications data. American officials are apparently drawing cell phone location data from mobile advertising firms, and that would mean Google and Apple are apparently helping, and they plan to launch a voluntary app. I guess maybe my advice is turn off your location services for a while. A thermal camera monitor is actually able to take body temperatures of people traveling in a railway station in Seoul. I actually have less of a problem with that. I don't know why. Because you know what? Maybe that somebody can gently just hand you a piece of paper and say your temperature's up. You may want to go to a doctor. But I assume in Seoul it might be a little less accommodating. Australia approved a bill to install surveillance gadgets in people's homes to monitor those placed under quarantine. I mean, this is this is scary stuff. This is 1984 Big Brother stuff. But, you know, I'm telling you, there's a backlash building. And we saw this in Kentucky. We saw this in Michigan. We see this in Pennsylvania. We see it now begin the beginnings of it in New York. And this is not even this is like a crossroads where civil libertarians uh, and conservatives like myself that don't trust government are going to probably it's going to be a weird alliance is my guess, unless they, of course, go full statism. Uh, certainly libertarians are not liking it. And I don't think anybody should trust it. And as we roll along, Sean Hannity. Show. All right. Governor Cuomo, Dr. Oz task force uh, briefing. We will likely have a full show uh, as it's scheduled to begin. Uh, so Brett Baer, part of the news division, Fox News Channel. Not part of opinion. Uh, broke this story yesterday, and we had him on the show last night. And now, Linda, how many of these these Wuhan lab created, you know, videos did you get? Because I got a million of them, right? And it was oh this was God. manufactured. I, I, it, okay, this yep. Fox News story. Let me just say up front that does not say it is man made. It does not say it was engineered in a lab. And according to Brett Baer and, and the sources of the Fox News division, uh, they, they have sources all claiming the disease is natural and may have accidentally been released from the lab due to lack safety protocols that apparently had been on the record for years. So let me set that straight. But anyway, so he reported that the coronavirus pandemic originated from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which has all of these safety issues that go back years and scientists studying coronavirus. Remember, SARS was was a coronavirus. Um, but anyway, and the virus was transmitted from a bat to a worker. Ground zero in this case. The worker worked in the Wuhan lab. Here's the worst part of it. China knew how bad it was because people from Wuhan pro- province were prohibited from traveling to any place else in China. But the Chinese government let people from Wuhan travel the world. And the WHO helped them. We'll explain. All right, 25 till the uh, top of the hour. Cuomo, Governor Cuomo at the top of the hour. Dr. Oz, our medical aid team update. You know, I watch people be critical sometimes of Dr. Oz, and uh, I never bring it to his attention because 
these people have no clue who this man is, what he's doing, how hard he's worked, how he has he has tracked down the the most prominent, eminent experts in the area of viruses, hydroxychloroquine, uh, and is is literally ripping information from everywhere from China all throughout Europe looking at every study, every, you know, like, for example, who found Dr. Wallace? That was Dr. Oz. He's the foremost expert on hydroxychloroquine that wrote the FDA and the president about it. And we've gone over that numerous times. Uh, You see the best in people, and then there's the mob in the media, the worst. Then there's the Pelosi's, the worst of the worst. Uh, China is got to be on everybody's list so anyway, back to the uh, Brett Bear story that the uh, Fox News division broke last night, which I, you know, they're not claiming. I want to be very clear here. Unlike a lot of what pe- I've seen online, and I've looked at it, I look at everything, and I just didn't. There was not enough. There was not enough evidence for me to say that's credible. But I look, I watch. I've, I've been keeping my eye on it, and. I know some of you online are convinced this is definitive. I, you know, let's get all the evidence in place first, and then we'll we'll go with it. Otherwise, you become like the I believers. I believe. Well, not if it's Joe Biden, apparently. Anyway, so it, what they're not saying in this report is that the virus uh, was man-made or engineered in the lab, that their sources specifically are claiming the disease was natural. Now, my last reading of COVID-19, that it was... It was 98% compatible with, and remember, there's mutation in viruses. So you even get, we have, we have a European version now, slightly different from that in Wuhan province. I, I know it's nuts, but that's true. But about 98% similar DNA qualities as SARS, which was a coronavirus. People may not know that. Uh, anyway, the sources are saying the disease is natural, my question was, do we know that? We, and the answer is we don't, but that's what their sources are telling them. Um, who knows if you're ever going to get the truth, but uh, China's been far more, um, their actions have been, well, it's caused, the, it's caused all these deaths likely could have been prevented. A study in the UK said 95% of them could have been prevented. So with that in mind, that he's not saying it's manufactured in, in, a, in a lab, they are saying this that at this virology testing lab in Wuhan, China, that there were past issues with this particular lab in terms of safety and the measures that are taken and, and the techniques and the study. And anyway, the scientists were studying, makes sense, coronavirus in bats. Uh, the virus was apparently transmitted from a bat to a worker in the lab. By the way, these pictures of bats are disgusting. Uh, I remember, believe it or not, I had a bat in my house once, a little baby bat, not a big bat. And sure enough, they got like that sonar. They don't see, but they throw out <coughs> signals and, you know, they'll fly right in your face and, whoosh, and dart away. Uh, I don't remember how I got the bat out of the house, but I managed to get the bat out of the house. I remember it became a quite a traumatic event uh, for my daughter in particular. Uh, but anyway, so according to the to Brett sources, he's saying patient zero was a worker in the lab, became infected with what we now know as COVID-19 transmitted from a bat to this worker who worked in this lab in Wuhan, China, bio, uh, biological testing lab. 
The infected worker then went into the population of Wuhan, and there the virus, as we all know, spread quickly. Now, let me let me point this out here. This all bears out, and if all this is proven true, and the Washington Post began their investigation of it, they got a hold of some State Department documents that apparently back up their reporting. Um, do you know what that means? This would be the mo- the, the world's most deadly cover-up and killing of, of the world population that we've ever seen. And so Brett reported that the Chinese government erased data, destroyed samples, journalists and doctors disappeared. I've, I've read a lot of those stories. And there were scientists trying to warn the world that ended up getting COVID-19 and dying from COVID-19. But this is the sick part. China shut down domestic travel to and from Wuhan. In other words, they sealed off Wuhan residents from the rest of China. But they didn't stop international flights to and from Wuhan. In other words, they protected their own country. And meanwhile, we're perfectly happy spreading the virus all throughout the world. One of the reasons Italy, as I understand it, was particularly hard hit is because of the textile industry that they have in, in parts of Italy directly connected to workers flying back and forth from China. And that's why they and they they got walloped. Uh, not as bad maybe as New York. You don't have the same heavy concentration of people, but they got hit really, really hard. So these actions have directly led to the widespread suffering all over the world. And again, I'm just reporting what they've reported. If this is, ends up all being true, what China's government did here would be pure evil. And the World Health Organization, this was part of the reporting last night as well, assisted China every step of the way in the cover-up. Now, they're, you know, of course, they're denying the allegations. Of course. Um... But this is something we better get to. By the way, I don't see any. This was in the New York Post today about zero experience uh, Hunter and quid pro quo Joe. Hunter apparently is still on the board of this Chinese private equity firm. Remember, we asked at the time, do they have any experience? This is right after Ukraine and quid pro quo Joe saying you're not getting a billion dollars unless you fire that prosecutor investigating my zero experience son, no experience oil, gas, energy no experience in Ukraine that's being paid millions and millions of dollars. You fire the prosecutor investigating why my zero experience son is being paid all this money, or you're not getting a billion taxpayer dollars, and you got six hours to do it. They fired the guy. Now, there was a trip uh, uh, to Asia on Air Force Two when Joe Biden was vice president. Hunter's on along for the ride and comes back. Peter Schweitzer chronicles in his book two weeks later, he's got a billion dollar deal with the Bank of China as it relates to private equities. We inquired, we asked Peter Schweitzer, no experience there either that we can find none. According to business records and the Daily Caller has been following up on it, they still list uh, Hunter Biden, full name Robert Hunter Biden, uh, as a director and a board member of BHR Partners. Well, that that was the Bank of China. Now, why wouldn't they go with Morgan Stanley or Chase or, you know, Goldman? Pick any big private equity. Why wouldn't they go there? I mean, it is beyond any understanding. I guess that will be an issue in the campaign at some point. If you want to look at the one guy that knew and understood about China, 
and warn the world it was Donald J. Trump. And um, but the the issue of the WHO and you know I'm I'm watching the Democrats here and everyone in the mob and the media they're so outraged. We pay four hundred and fifty million dollars uh, a year for the WHO. Why? Now China knew the disease was deadly enough that nobody from Wuhan can travel within China. The WHO, by the way, they would they were running with Chinese propaganda. They'd cut, paste, and deliver the message. I mean, so in that sense, they were accomplices. That's not the mission of the World Health Organization to be the propaganda wing of the communist uh, Chinese government. Now we have hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. Now in the millions contracting of it, hundreds of thousands dead. And we pay, what, $450 million a year for the WHO? China pays 10% of that? Their, their category is a developing country? Uh, no, I don't think we should pay anything. And on top of that, the, you know, their director general, he needs to go. And I don't think this should, we should take the $450 million this year and spend it on rebuilding uh, America's infrastructure. And for the debt that China is carrying for the U.S., I think they ought to have a big, huge debt forgiveness program, considering they caused all of this. WHO, well, they fall under the umbrella, no shock here, of the United Nations. And we pay another $700 million to the U.N. every year. Let, let the U.N. move to China. Let China bear the brunt of that. What have we witnessed at the U.N. over the years? Anti-Semitism, virulent anti-Semitism, anti-Americanism, over and over. They can move to China, let China pay the massive amounts of money. You know, we pay another $24 million to the World Trade Organization. Well, they protected China, too, over the years. I'm not that interested. Um, there's nobody worse than the media mob. You know, I, there was a great timeline on foxnews.com. We, we've been tying this together and in our own way and between the Democrats and the mob and the media. You know, is, is fake news CNN going to be held accountable for Anderson Cooper making the statement on March the 4th that the flu is a far bigger threat? Half of the people in America do not get a flu shot, and the flu right now is far deadlier. So if you're freaked out at all about the coronavirus, you should be more concerned about the flu, and you can actually do something about it and get a flu shot. Now, we talked about the flu in terms of, I wished we didn't lose tens of thousands of Americans to the flu every year. By the way, and I'm not blaming Anderson Cooper. March, 4, uh, March 3rd was Super Tuesday. Nobody was paying attention to it. Anthony Fauci was saying on February 29th that the risk is low to Americans. I think it was as late as March 9th, and there's nobody better than him. If you're young and healthy, you can go on a cruise ship. Anyway, so as you look at the timeline and the idea that Donald Trump didn't act, he's the only guy that saw this sucker coming. Because 10 days after the first case in the U.S., he shut it down. Travel, as it relates to China. It was only 10 days after the first known case, the first death that we know worldwide, I believe, was the 21st, uh, the first known case in the U.S. You know, the CDC and Department of Homeland Security announced travelers into the U.S. and in Wuhan will go through screening. We did that even before the first known case in the U.S., the CDC and Department of Homeland Security, that they'd undergo screening. WHO was they were just sending out propaganda. Not enough is known to draw 
definitive conclusions about transmission. Wow, pretty bad. You got publications like Vox and they're out there, you know, bans to fight viruses don't work. Same with the Washington uh, Compost. They were awful. Awful. Then they have a piece of why the lockdown skeptics are wrong. Okay, this is the same Washington Post that, you know, said, you know, was printing at the end of February. I have the virus. It's not that bad. They printed that one. Uh, Then you could look at, uh, let's see, get a grip, America. They said this in early February. The flu is a much bigger threat than coronavirus. Okay. And the same Washington Post, uh, the day that the president implemented the travel ban, how our brains make coronavirus seem scarier than it is. I wonder if, uh, if the, well, he's only an online reporter. Did you know that about Eric Pop the Pimple? The guy that is Hannity stalker obsessed? Um, what is he going to write about his own newspaper? Apparently, he doesn't make it into the the printed version. Did you know that? Not very often. And he's got a whopping... He's, he's not really... He's not worth our time. Is he really, Sean? He's not. No, I, I think he has he's a whopping 54,000 Twitter peoples. Pop the pimple. Oh, I can't I mean, even be that high. Anyway, our, how our brain makes coronavirus seem scarier than it is. That's what they were doing in his newspaper. You know, past epidemics prove fighting coronavirus with travel bans is a mistake. They're almost as bad as the dumb New York Times... That identified, oh, this is the Trump virus at the end of February. Feeling awful, blame Trump. Telling people it's perfectly fine. Travel to China in early February. Unbelievable. You know, why the lockdown skeptics are wrong. Oh, okay. But if you you look at the entire timeline of all of this, the one guy that got it most right was Donald Trump. You look at the New York Times, they say Trump's decision is more of an emotional or political one. You know, the Washington Post quoting a Chinese official asking for empathy and slamming the White House for acting in disregard of WHO recommendations against travel restrictions. Yeah, they all got it wrong. February uh, 2nd, the virus infected 15 million Americans and then we had Fake news, CNN, it's it's not a new pandemic, it's a flu. Oh, the biggest idiot in this, Comrade de Blasio and his health commissioner, well, they were saying in early February, you know, as we gear up, no reason to change your plans, get on the subway. And then he, you know, early February telling New Yorkers, go about your lives, take the subway, enjoy life. This guy Levine, chair of the New York Health Committee, Powerful show of defiance, you know, gather in Chinatown for their ceremony, the Lunar New Year celebrations. You know, you have Joe Biden's people, advisors saying that uh, the evidence suggests coronavirus will not be a serious pandemic after Joe called the travel ban hysteria, xenophobia, and what else did he say? Oh, and and fear mongering. Oh, and racist. Two months and three days later, Joe bought into Trump's travel ban. A little late, Joe. Wake up. Maybe you didn't know what day it was. Maybe you thought it was the day after the travel ban. I don't know. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll free, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the last hour, I'm not going over old ground with Governor Cuomo. Um, we had a, a number of good chats. We, went, we had a good conversation on this show a while back, and I was unhappy with some of the things that he had said and and et cetera, et cetera. But 
Um, we still have 222,284 COVID-19 positive tests in the state of New York. We've already lost 12,192 people. Uh, the governor is with us on our newsmaker line. Now, every metric that we are looking at in the state of New York, if you look closely at what's happening here, is what we thought and hope would happen in terms of there would be a leveling off and then a dramatic decline. Uh, with that said, you, you we've been told by every medical expert we put on this program, it's not if, it's when. There's going to be rebounds. And how do you open up a city? It, like we had, for example, Governor Christy Nome, South Dakota. She never shut down her state. She appealed every day to the people of South Dakota. Now it's obviously less densely populated than New York City. New York City, smallest geographical area. You got 11, 12 million people in that city on any given day. It depends. Opening up New York City is going to be a massive undertaking and a challenge. Um, and uh, I'm glad that the governor and I have put aside some differences that we had for a while. And now we're focused. I think we're on the same page, Governor. Um, uh, first, let me ask. I know Chris uh, still had a temperature the last I had heard uh, that he reported himself. And I know his wife, uh, Christine, your sister-in-law, apparently is COVID-19 positive. First of all, I'm sorry to hear it. Our prayers are with them. How is How are they doing so far? Uh, thank you, Sean. They're doing okay. You know, it's a, it's the disease is a tough one to have. And when you have, uh, they have three kids, so he's in the basement quarantined. Uh, Christina's in the upstairs room quarantined, and then they have uh, three kids they have to deal with. So they are long days and nights, but uh, so far so good. Um, let me get one political question out of the way, because if I don't ask it, I'm, you know... I'm just going to get hammered. And I know that you've been on Chris's show uh, a number of times. You know, the Sherman-esque the, the statement that everyone quotes so often. Uh, and I, I guess you and your brother, you guys must have fought a lot as kids. Am I right about that? We still do, Sean. We still do. <laughs> your, brother's got, your brother's positive for COVID-19. His, his wife now tests positive, but you're still fighting with him. Um and it's often misunderstood by, I think, a lot of people. And you've been asked repeatedly, are you running for president? In other words, where's the Sherman-esque, if drafted, I will not run. If nominated, I will not accept. If elected, I will not serve. Yeah, will you make the, that statement today? Yes. Here's the Sherman-esque. Uh, I have zero interest in president, vice president, going to Washington. I've been there, done that. I was a cabinet secretary under Bill Clinton. I was there for eight years. I'm going to be governor of New York, Sean. It's very important to me that people understand that because, frankly, this is such an intense partisan environment. I can't do my job at this moment in time if there's any political uh, agenda whatsoever. I'm is not going anywhere, period. If this statement does this statement hold for you? If nominated, I will not accept. If drafted, I will not run. If elected, I will not serve. Is yes. that your statement? Yes. Okay. Now yes. we're done. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Here's yeah, what I want to talk about. But Sean, I want to be crystal clear because look, uh, I am I am governor of New York at a time of historic need. Scary. Uh, we have people dying, 600 yesterday. They're not Democrats. They're not Republicans. They're New Yorkers. I represent all of them. You even represent I mean, me. You're stuck with me exactly for a while. Right. But you get all my money, which really annoys me. But right, let's stay on a serious note, though, here. The challenge 
Christy Nome doesn't have the same challenges as as New York. Uh, New York City is the biggest reopening challenge. I would argue a place like Vegas. I feel sorry for Vegas. I mean, how do these you know hotels and casinos open up again? I mean, it's it's hurting all those workers. Here's the challenge, and and you and I, you've been very generous with your time. We've shared text messages that I'll never make private, but some ideas that I've thought of. If we're going to open New York City, what I have been looking at and telling my audience is I would say, okay, non-essential workers, 50% of the workers have to stay home and work from home. Temperatures have to be taken upon entrance into any building in New York moving forward. You, You use the term yourself today, new normal. Masks and gloves, even indoors in the workplace, that would have to be mandatory or else you can't go to work. You have to work from home. Eating protocols if you're if you're eating when other people are around. I know it sounds nuts. Um, You put out a mandatory mask if you're not socially distant in New York. I totally agree with it. It's not bothering my life to wear a stupid mask and gloves. It doesn't bother me. And and I don't want if I got sick, I'm probably going to be fine. But older people, if I have it and pass it on to them, they're not going to be fine. Yeah, no, Sean, I I agree 100%. There's going to be a phasing in, and it is going to be different. Uh, I don't know different worse. It might even be different better, but it's going to be different. Look, this is going to do what 9-11 did, right? If I ever told you before 9-11, you would have to take off your shoes when you go to an airport and walk through a metal detector on a line and have them go through your bags, people would say, uh, no, how, no way. But 9-11 changed our orientation. This is going to change our orientation. And people are going to want to change it. You know, they, people want to be safe, first of all. So Do you like right. the idea of every big building in New York City, in particular, let's stay with New York City, half the workforce must be home unless they are essential. Temperature is taken before you enter any building. You have a temperature, you're handed a piece of paper, and you said go to this location, that location, to go to your doctor and get your test, and here's what happens if you are COVID-19 positive. This is what, as a good citizen, you need to do to contact, first of all, how to protect your family from contracting the virus at home, and go back and remember everybody you can remember you are in touch with the last 14 days. I don't think you can mandate that. I think it has to be voluntary, and I bet you the 98% will do the right thing. 98% will do the right thing because they want to protect themselves. And you're right about New York City. The, the problem in New York City is the density. It's, yeah, it's terrible. Take a, look at another city. You take L.A., for example. New York City is more than twice the size of L.A., and it's about half the geographic footprint. In New York City, you have people on top of each other. Look at the subways. Look at the buses. Look at the sidewalks. That's why it spreads the way it does, and that's why it's an extraordinary challenge. And we're going to have to take extraordinary measures, phase it in over time, get testing uh, to a, a level that makes a real difference. And I think people are ready. I really believe they are ready. I agree. Now, we've tested almost 4 million Americans now. You know the amazing thing about testing? Two weeks ago, Abbott didn't have an antibody test Do you know they've already produced a million tests for antibodies? Now, they also have their six-hour test, six and a half hours. Then they have the five to 15-minute test. But it's everybody says, oh, we need tens of millions of those. You and I both know it's a lot more complicated because you've talked to the people at Abbott, and so have I. 
um, some of the agents that they need are not available because for some insane reason we rely on China for those agents. So there are a lot. It's a lot more complicated than people to say. I need four hundred thousand testing kits tomorrow. They're, they've made amazing progress, but it's hard. No, it's more than hard. It's in, it's impossible to get the testing numbers that we would ideally need. It is impossible. Uh, and I understand why everyone's intimidated by the task and nobody wants to go near it because in our society, Sean, everybody blames everything, uh, everyone. This is about a finger-pointing competition. Uh, so government says, well, if it's a no, no win, why get involved? Uh, I think the states work with the federal government. We do the best we can to get testing up to scale. It is very complicated. Uh, you're right. I've been talking to companies. Uh, again, it comes back to China. This is the talk about a lesson. Masks, gowns, everything comes back to China. Unbelievable. Uh, and now testing comes back to China. So that we have to fix after this. But with that said, America's uh, companies have been amazing. I mean, I think they've been unreal. I mean, they've all stepped up. The 90% of people step up and the 10% I have no use for. They're just awful. And under Nancy Pelosi's letter was awful. Absolutely. She was telling people February 24th, come to Chinatown. She just she was impeaching the president when he put his travel ban in effect. And you had even said that travel ban saved. It's incalculable. Numbers of Americans, thousands of Americans from contracting the disease and exponentially, mathematically dying. And you agree with that? Look, I have said uh, when they when they look back and they write the history book on this, and we should do a retrospective, see what we can learn. Uh, the travel ban was right. Uh, it was right. There's no doubt that China was uh, either not doing as good a job as they said they were doing, or they weren't uh, giving us the full story. Uh, but the travel ban was right. There's also no doubt, Sean, that talk about Americans doing the right thing. Every projection from the CDC to the White House Corona Task Force Peter Navarro's memo, McKinsey, Cornell, Columbia, every projection was five, ten times worse than the current numbers because, the American, because Americans stepped up and did the right thing and, quote-unquote, flattened the curve. Americans did that. We did it Otherwise, faster in New York. Worse. The numbers we were looking at three weeks ago, scared the hell out of me. And I don't like the numbers today. Don't misunderstand me. You know, I, I have a, a, a friend now fighting for her life. It's a friend of my sister's right now in a hospital in Long Island. Fighting, she's intubated. It's not good. Um, let me go back to New York City, though. Do you like the idea of 50% of the workforce has to work from home if possible? Non-essential workers work from home. Temperatures taken upon entrance. Uh, masks and gloves, even though they'll have more natural social distancing with half the people away, masks and gloves indoors, mandatory. Uh, if you're going to eat, you got to have a really big distance when you take that mask off. What do you think of those four items? I, I think the elements are all correct. I think, uh, I think we have to have some flexibility here. I said today, the businesses. Uh, you know, you have some businesses that are more essential services than others and some businesses that are going to be safer than others. And I said to businesses, you know what, rethink how you do business 
and tell us how you can do it safer. How can you do social distancing in the workforce? How can you have run your business without having gatherings or conferences? So if a business is safer, Sean, and it's more essential, let it open faster than other businesses. Uh, but there's no doubt it's going to be phased in. I don't even know how long it takes to get to half of the workforce. Uh, but again, you have to look at how dangerous that business is. You know, are they putting people in close? Well, proximity? your average office building, if it had half the number of people, you'd build in social distancing. You put the masks and the gloves on. Nobody's going to like it. But, you know, if it keeps everyone else safe, I'd be willing to do it. Um, I wrote you specifically about and this is my this for me, I think, would be a game changer now. I'm just looking at it from my own point of view, selfish point of view. And I think of the people that are the ticket takers at Yankee Stadium, City Field, outdoor concert venues like Jones Beach. And so we have baseball season now is on delay. NBA is done. The NFL, I would love to think that you can go to a, a Jets Giants game. Here's my plan. Tell me if you think it's even doable. If you want to open up Yankee Stadium, City Field, Temperatures taken upon admission. By the way, every player, everybody in that locker room, every ticket taker, every food worker would have to have a real test. Then masks and gloves would be mandatory inside Yankee Stadium, City Field, or the Meadowlands. Then you can't sell popcorn because you need to keep your mask off the whole time or peanuts, but maybe you're going to sell hot dogs and give straws when you drink a beer. Um, Maybe you start every other seat if you have to. I would be, I, for me, if the choice is wearing a mask, gloves, get a temperature check to get in, and maybe have every other seat, I'd do it, and I'd want to support not only the teams, but the workers in those stadiums that are all suffering. Yeah, look, there's no doubt that you're going to have to phase that in. I'll start even earlier than you, though. Why can't they start now with nobody in the stands and just televise it So at least the people home, you have something to watch, you have something to do, you know, if you enjoy sports. Why can't you do that now? I mean, they have to renegotiate uh, the terms, I suppose, when you don't have uh, enough seat, uh, you're not selling the the stadium, Uh, what's the TV contract worth? But uh, I don't know why they couldn't be playing now uh, right away. Uh, without depending upon how many seats they sell at, in the uh, auditorium or in the stadium. Uh, there has to be some economic equation. If I'm a player, I'd rather be earning something rather than nothing, right? And then you move to phased-in attendance uh, with the right precautions. I, th- I think that's going to be doable. Now, I can't speak. Look, every New Yorker has an opinion. Everybody's going to weigh in on it. But for me... If I had my temperature taken, had to, maybe maybe they even give away masks with a Yankee, uh, you know, the New York Yankees uniform thing on it, uh, or the Mets, or the Giants, or the Jets, whatever. But if the choice is me going and I have to wear a mask and gloves and I can only have hot dog and drink out of a straw, I would do it. That's my personal choice opinion. Obviously, if you're older, you got to make different and and underlying health conditions. You got to make different decisions and you got to make the right one for you and testing every worker every food worker ticket taker uh every player every trainer everybody in the locker rooms etc but i i think there might be a way we'll learn as we go certainly a rebound is 
going to happen, not if it happens. Um, now, here's where I see I don't I cannot in any way figure out how we're going to open up a bar. I can't figure out uh, the sa- any safe way really to open up a restaurant. I can't. I can't. I, I, I just I've been racking my brain. Do you have any ideas? I don't see it yet. I don't see how you put people in a close environment. But look, uh, we've been learning every day. The thing has been changing every day. Uh, I think there's still going to be a big development that we haven't anticipated, Sean. They're all working on a medical treatment. Uh, And if one of these medical treatments works, either the convalescent plasma or one of these gene-based therapies, uh, that changes the game. You know, if I know that if I get it, I can get treatment, that's different. So uh, I, think some, I think we still have to let the facts play out here. One of the things I've been most fascinated by, um, I, I think you're aware of this Dr. Wallace, who is the foremost expert in the country on hydroxychloroquine. And... You know, this guy, 42 years, he's the head of every, he's written a book on lupus and they, the prescription of hydroxychloroquine uh, says it's safe, says in the doses to treat COVID-19, it's safe. There are two studies going on. One is Dr. Oz's hospital, Columbia Presbyterian involved in it, and another at NYU Langone. And Dr. Oz has been on his show, my TV show, this radio show, looking for lupus rheumatoid arthritis patients that take hydroxychloroquine and they're saying they're trying to find if people are on that medicine are getting or contracting COVID-19 he can't find any of those people yet they've, they've they're trying to find them now I don't know I'm not a doctor I'm not playing doctor on TV every doctor I know in Long Island and New York they're all prescribing it um that would indicate potentially, potentially hope, I'm looking for hope, that it could have prophylactic qualities. Uh, have you discussed it with any of the, the doctor experts that you talk to every day? Yeah, I have. Look, and unfortunately, uh, it's, it's like everything else in our society today. It's become uh, politicized. And I'm a Democrat, obviously, as you know. Uh, I said, look, I, I, I need to fix that, by the way. It's, you know, <laughs> you know, the entire legislature in New York is, you know, basically the politics of uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. But go ahead. You continue. <laughs> the uh, hydroxychloroquine. I said, look, I'm not a medical doctor either. Uh, people think it might work. We need a solution badly. Uh, I, I, we had a problem in New York. We literally couldn't get it. The feds have opened up a supply. Uh, I said uh, the other day, any doctor can prescribe it. We have a 14-day window, which is the normal prescription uh, window, because the supply has been so hard to get. But any doctor can prescribe it for any patient. 14 days. If a doctor thinks it makes things, it makes oh, sense. Oh, so you lift. So it. the executive order is now officially lifted. People can get yeah. it at a pharmacy for yeah. 14 days. Okay. Yes. I, I've yes. been. I was and, mad at you about that. You know. Yeah, well, you're mad at me about a lot of things that sometimes aren't connected to the facts, but that's a different story. And I'm you're screaming, I need 40,000 ventilators. I was, I went nuts when you did that. I was like, I went crazy, but go ahead. Yeah, but do you know where I got those numbers? That's the White House and the CDC projection. Well, thank God we didn't need them because you and I, I don't even want to talk about it because if people have sick 
friends on ventilators, I don't want to know what I know about when you get to the ventilator. It's not it's not your A game at that point. Let's put it that no. way. Let's well, let's put it this way. You go on a ventilator, eighty percent chance you never come off. That's but, the point. I didn't. You yeah. said it. I, I mean, and yeah. we had. Look, we needed them, and I now you're now sending them to New Jersey and all over the place, which is the right thing to do. Um, and there's the government now. We have 150,000 ventilators by the end of the month. So I mean, what they've been able to do to make them is pretty amazing. Now on the testing thing, I want to stay on this with you. And by the way, for the stations along the Sean Hannity Show Network, we're going to continue with Governor Cuomo uh, through this break. Um, I want to get into, because it's it's a big challenge, I think New Yorkers are going to tell you. And I look, you know what it's like. Everybody in New York has a pretty strong opinion. We kind of yell a little louder and curse a little more. And um, I learned as I lived in four other states, Rhode Island, California, Alabama and Georgia pursuing this crazy job of mine that um, not everybody not everybody in a conversation drops words that begin with F as often as we do uh, but it's just a fact but I think New Yorkers are going to tell you how much they're willing to take I think you understand that I understand that but we're beginning to see a backlash we saw it in Michigan the other day we saw the legislature in Pennsylvania overturn the governor's lockdown order there There was a big Wall Street Journal piece about eroding privacy. So my question is this to you. Um, Again, I think people are going to at some point demand more, rightly. They're sick of it. They want to get outside. So the question is, how do we do the testing, which is getting better every day? We didn't even have this test, Abbott, made two weeks ago. They made a million antibody tests. How are we going to manage medical privacy? civil liberties, constitutional rights, not go down the road of these other governments of digital surveillance of their citizens, medical records on a database, because I would think that you and I, I'm a conservative, you're pretty liberal, I think we might agree that that we've got to protect those issues. 100%. Uh, And look, it is a difficult time. Everybody wants out of the house. You know, cabin fever is real. Uh, in, in concept, it's nice. Stay home with the, uh, the kids and the family. Uh, you do it for a month. You're not getting a paycheck. You know, you're ready to move on. And that's where we are. And you're right. New Yorkers, the feedback is immediate. Now, New Yorkers also, Sean, you're also right that, you know, we paid a higher price here. And I think the fear factor right now is higher than in some other places because it's, it's everywhere and everybody knows someone who's been affected. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we have to move on. This is unsustainable. Uh, and testing is one of the stones across this pond, right? Stone to stone across the pond. Uh, so coming up to speed on testing is important. Even though it is impossible, it's going to be a blame game. You can never get as many as fast as you want. And I think the state working with the federal government, I said to the president, look, I need your help. When you start talking about a supply chain that goes back to China, I don't do China, okay? Uh, I can't work that out. When you're talking about getting companies all across the country to help, I can't do that. So there is a piece that the president can be very helpful on. There's a piece that I can do, which is the actual implementation, right? I'll take care of all the logistics. That's my job in my state. But it's going to take the both of us as if to the extent we can ramp up the testing, all the better, 
I'm not going near uh, the, I am very worried about these digital surveillance mechanisms that could intrude on privacy. And you'll never put that genie back in the bottle, by the way, Ever. once you do it here. I'm glad you said that, because you know yeah. what? You won't. And, yeah. you know, a lot of these governments didn't seek permission. This was in the Wall Street Journal piece from people before tracking their cell phones, like South Korea, China, ta- Taiwan. They didn't ask anybody. They just started tracking their cell phones. By the way, I've already had that done by the deep state. It wouldn't be new to me, Governor. Um, let me let me let's dig down a little bit deeper into this. You know, I, I heard some commentators someplace somewhere. It wasn't on Fox, you know, make a statement about where are the drive up testing? And I'm like, you idiot. That's three iterations ago. You know, Abbott has this machine and and I've had a lot of discussions with a lot of people. You might think the machine the size of a toaster is e- easy to duplicate. It's not. Even so, uh, the sophisticated engineers, and, and they are genius at GM and Ford, they had a hard time adopting an assembly line to properly manufacture those ventilators that all of a sudden we realized we needed. Now, they got it done. Everyone thinks you snap your freaking finger and, oh, we should be popping out 10 million of them. But we have this going for us that we now have the five-minute Abbott test. We now have an antibody test. We now have the six-and-a-half-hour test. And we have the more traditional test that LabCorps and Quest Diagnostics can help us with where you're testing people over a long period of time. There was a poll, believe it or not, and I I think you'll disagree with this. 56%, 56%, I believe, no, it was 49-38 Democrats support both ankle bracelets and, and mandatory blood tests of every American. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Americans are not going to allow that. Never going to happen. But I think that if we put all of the different tests together and whatever new iteration comes down the road, because they're developing a new one every day, I think we'll figure out a way to get the numbers of tests. But you know, nobody wants to hear the words, you got to be a little patient here. You don't snap your finger and, and now have the test. We broke down the sequence, uh, sequence of this virus in less than six weeks. It used to take six years. And we'll have uh, a, probably a vaccine, what, in 14 months, 15 months. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, Sean. It's going to be imperfect. You know, everybody wants a 15-minute test. It's not going to work that way. Uh, to get the, the volume we need, you're going to have to use all of the above. Uh, sometimes a 15-minute test, sometimes a 24-hour test, sometimes I'll call you back in three days. You know, that's, that's what it's going to be to get the volume and the scale that we need. We have about, in this state, about 50 labs in New York that can run tests, but they run different tests. Some of them have the equipment to do the fancy tests. Uh, but some of them don't have that equipment, and we're going to need all 50 labs to get up the volume, and then whatever test they can perform, they can test. Uh, you're right. Nobody wants to wait several days, but at least you know, and it's better than not having a test. So yeah. I, we have to put it all together. There's one thing you did when you announced the mandatory mask wearing if you're not, if you're not socially distant. And I, I, I'm with you. I don't mind putting on the mask. I go into the store. I wore it for the first time, to be honest, like a week ago. Uh, prior to that, I, I just went into the store. The shelves are full. That's another thing. The country didn't shut down because of the supply chain for food 
and medical equipment that is needed for frontline workers. They were working away. They were producing the hell out of everything. And the truckers are out there. They're being honored at the White House today. You might think this is nuts, um, but I think it you could be, do it anonymously. There's there's a nefarious, uh, I guess, possibility that's around the corner. But one thing, like, for example, Moscow is using facial recognition technology on people. That scares me. But they did have in Seoul, they used a thermal camera monitor, believe it or not, that shows body temperatures of travelers. Now, if we could produce those, you could literally have a lot of people's temperatures taken and anybody that shows up hot on that camera monitor, you don't take down their name. You, you just gently hand to them here. You might want to go. Here's a testing center you can go to. If you have COVID-19, this is how you protect your family when you get home. You got to self-quarantine and isolate. Um, here is uh, what you need to do for contact tracing. That doesn't bother me as much. I'm surprised I'm even saying it because a thermal monitor, what I liked about it is you can take the temperature of a you know large group of people. For example, if you have all this group of people, you go into a big area at Yankee Stadium and you want to get in, you have the body temperatures. Anybody that might have a high temperature, you identify, and somebody doesn't ask their name. They just go over, hand them the information, and say, we're not going to be able to let you in, but we care about you, and this is where you can go and get tested, and, and this is what you do when you get home with your family, and these are the people that you probably want to call. Yeah, Does that sound like I a hear. crazy idea? Well, look. Uh, that's why these labels don't You don't want to go I'm there like, either. I'm a little more conservative than you are in this one. The technology makes me nervous. If it was it really makes just, me nervous, too. Yeah. If it was really just a person's temperature, that's one thing. But uh, is, it, is it doing temperature? Does it also doing facial recognition software? It, is it also It does not do facial recognition. It, did, it specifically said in the Wall Street Journal that it is a thermal camera that only shows body temperatures of individuals, not named individuals, not facial recognition in any way. Look, I, I, I'm like, I don't trust the government. You know I don't trust the government. I hate most of you politicians. I mean, I made my living not trusting government, but, um, but I don't want people to get sick and die either. Yeah. The te- look, if it was only the temperature and you knew it that. It might have sure. some application, yeah. You know, but yeah, I don't think anyone can complain about taking the temperature for their own good. I mean, it's not like you're, it's, uh, it's a, uh, a selfish thing. So uh, I think that would be one thing. But uh, again, the technology itself, because, you know, you find out so many facts after the fact, right? Oh, we forgot to tell you. It was also pinging your cell phone to find out your location, you know. But I think temperatures, uh, we're going to have to go there, right? And we're doing it everywhere. You're, we're doing it already on the temperature. How? Uh, like, I had it when I went to the Comfort, and I did a show from there one night. And I, I didn't even know this technology existed. They don't even touch you. They just point the thermometer at your forehead. And I, my temperature was 98.8 within the normal range. They let me right through. Um but how do you feel about temperature taking every day for every building in New York? But that also means we're going to have to get a lot more thermometers. Although I think we'll have an easier time with that because, I, you know, they have those paper thermometers, right? Yes, um, yes. So, I mean, if everyone does their temperature before you're allowed entrance into a building in New York, that would be a pretty good start, don't you think? Especially if half the workforce stays home. 
Yeah, I do. I don't have a problem with that, and I don't think anyone would. You were ninety-eight-eight. That doesn't surprise me, Sean. You tend to run a little hot. You know, I would have. I would have guessed that. <laughs> oh, now you're going to pull the same crap you and you know you and your brother pull on TV. You know, your brother never beat me in the ratings until he's, he's he he announces he's COVID nineteen positive and dying. Everyone wants to make sure he's okay. And you know, we actually have been friendly for a long time. He used to be with us at Fox, and yeah, I think he's mad at me because. I was going after you, and he's protective of his brother. Uh, but I tried to contact him a, a couple of hundred, hundred times, a couple of times on text, rather. And um, and I was going to ask you for a uh, a promise of a pardon because I was going to smuggle him because that you had your executive order in place. You know, I was going to find somebody to prescribe uh, hydroxychloroquine and sneak it into him, which means I'd probably be arrested in New York and put in jail for the rest of my life for helping the governor's son and. You know, I might have needed a, a a pardon at that point. No, I'm obviously kidding, but he's doing he's doing well. He's better. He's he's doing he's doing he's, better. This the wife, the wife's getting sick. Christina getting sick is a it's just a practically complicating factor. You know, he's got yeah, uh, kids. three kids. Uh, the oldest Bella is about seventeen. So uh, it's it's just tough on a day to day basis. But uh, he'll get by. He's a tough guy. Uh, and uh, he respects Maybe, maybe you. he's a little too tough. I keep reading about him getting in trouble all the time. I'm like, well, calm down, Chris. <laughs> Relax. He does not like to be criticized. I'll tell you that. He's um, in New York. Who likes to be criticized? You know, it's, I don't. Gotten, gi- you know what? I don't give a flying, you know, I don't care. I, I swear I don't care. It doesn't mean anything anymore to me, but I guess I lost that chip a long time ago. All right, so I know you've got to run. Last question. So if there's going to be these new normals... I can, I'm only speaking for myself. I'm thinking as a, a good citizen, I don't really care if, you, if I have to put a mask on for a while till we get past this crap uh, or wear gloves or have my temperature taken. If we protect medical privacy, civil liberties, constitutional rights. Now on the issue of money, I was watching uh, Comrade de Blasio and he's, you know, cutting and slashing. I, we, obviously monies are coming. I think Schumer claimed it was 45 million dollars to new york with the first bill etc i'm not going to like the fact and americans won't like the fact if you know a city like new york separate from you with a pretty big budget is trying to balance their budget and take down their deficits off the backs of the american taxpayer that's very different from needed aid relief help for small business help for big business help for workers displaced and help for hospital workers would you agree that the monies have to be specifically assigned to those categories Look, the uh, state government, local government is basically a pass-through, right? Uh, they've done nothing for state and local government in the f- first two bills they passed. And uh, they often can do uh, categorical aid because if you don't give it to me, then I just have to turn around and cut the hospitals. So what's the point of uh, you want to help the hospitals? I was the number one funder of hospitals. I'm broke, which I am. I have a 10 to $15 billion hole. That means uh, I'm just cutting the health care budget. That's all I'm doing, and education. So uh, if, the, if the goal was to actually fund health care, then uh, that's what the legislation could have done. I just think it, was, I think it was political, Sean. I think they gave the money to a lot of places that didn't have the COVID expenses, uh, there was one analysis that said some states are getting about $200,000 for every COVID case they had. 
New York gets about twelve thousand dollars. You know, I was in Washington. Well, for but a New year. York got five hospitals. You got to admit, the Army Corps of Engineers, what they did at the Javits Center, and then they changed it to COVID nineteen. I didn't know till the other day that the president then had to go back and change the ventilation at the Javits Center. But that was three thousand beds. Now, thank God you didn't need them, and New York didn't need them. But the projections at the time were that we would need them. Uh, the same with the comfort. I mean, that became a, a COVID center as well, taking the pressure. They even provided the personnel for New York. They did a lot for New York. The ventilators, 5,000 plus were sent. Um, gloves, masks, shields, you know, all respirators, they were all sent. Um, so New York got more in terms of all of that help from the I president. The first, Sean, I am the first to say, and that's why I like to stay away from the politics because I can't do my job if I'm doing it through a political lens. You know, you guys, my brother, you, uh, once you start taking positions in this polarized environment, you lose 50% of the people. I represent 100% of the people. The president was there for New York. I called him. I said, I need help. I need emergency beds because everybody's projection, his own projection, by the way, CDC's projection said a minimum need 2.4 million beds. You know how many beds we have in this nation? One million. His minimum projection at the CDC was two and a half times the capacity of our hospital system nationwide. I called him up. I said, I need emergency beds. He got the Army Corps of Engineers. They came up. I've never seen anybody build anything that fast. Amazing, right? beds, amazing. Uh, brought up the U.S. Navy ship Comfort, then went back and said, let's convert it for COVID use. The Army Corps of Engineers did that. Uh, they were magnificent. And I'm the first one to say the president did it. He moved fast and he delivered, period. I don't care what his politics are, what political party. That's a fact. Listen, and, I will say yeah. this even between that and I think probably the most insightful position that he's taken throughout his presidency was the travel ban. The first quarantine in over 50 years got the crap beat out of him for doing that and followed by the subsequent travel bans. I, I think we cannot even begin to calculate how much worse this could be. I mean, I'm pissed, by the way, at how wrong these models and projections were. They did not serve us well, the models that they gave us. Now, with that said, we can't shut the country down again either. Uh, when we open New York with the knowledge that there's going to be rebounds, we've got to be able to, you know, hone in on hotspots, do mitigation. That's why I think keeping New York City, the workforce, non-essential workers, let them work from home. Right now, for example, I'm in a, I'm in a studio. I have one person in the next room. Usually there's 10 people in front of me. Um, at Fox, when I do my TV show, there's one person in another room, um, and I'm doing the show every night and it's worked out incredibly well. Some, uh, I know some people are more productive at home cause they don't have the travel time. We probably might, we might solve New York city congestion and all in one swipe. But I think that, I think if you create that natural social distancing, and we suck it up with the with the masks and the gloves because it's a pain in the ass. You know, it's a pain in the ass. We'll do it. America will do it um, just to pr help prevent others from getting this and putting this totally behind us. I think most people will do it. 
as long as they, we respect privacy and the things we talked about. They will do it. And by the way, I think if you just left it alone, naturally, things are not going to go back to the way they were, they were because a lot of people realized I can work from home and I save two hours a day in the commute. Uh, a lot of businesses are going to realize that. So I think a lot of the lessons are going to be natural. And yet wearing a mask, they're giving me a lot of blowback on masks. I get it. I get it. But compared to the risk to yourself, to other people, uh, you know, and you look at people in China have been wearing masks for a long time just out of pollution. You know, I have doctors who say to me, look, we haven't been shaking hands for 20 years because shaking hands was crazy in terms of transmitting Elbows, germs. Governor. El- By the way, I'd love to throw your brother an elbow because he says he's a martial artist, and I, I trained mixed martial arts now for seven years. He says he can kick my, you know what, but anyway. Uh, well, uh, just please tell him that he's in our prayers, but we're also praying for everybody in New York and everybody around the country. Uh, I've had very dear friends of mine, you know, really come to the edge with this. And all of them, except one now, I'm praying for the last one that I know, but I'm praying for people I don't know. Um, I know you, it's got to be tough on you, your sister-in-law. These are your nieces and nephews you're worried about, and we're praying for them too. Uh, I'm glad you got the hydroxychloroquine. I think that if we work with companies like Abbott on testing, I'm, I, I just have this confidence they've done so much so quickly that it'll evolve even further if we can, maybe it'll take the Defense Production Act, just like with the with the ventilators. Um, I think we'll be able to get American ingenuity working. We've, you know, we've rewritten the books on how we'll deal with future pandemics. That's for sure. This is a transformative time. But you know, as the president has pointed out, we could have lost two and a half million Americans, and and then the latest projection is around sixty thousand. But it's, it's sixty thousand too many. We lose. And I wish we had a cure for everything. I wish we had a cure for the common cold, the flu, heart disease, and every cancer. But we make progress every year on all these issues. But I'll give you the last word. No, you're exactly right. Look, uh, this country can do anything it sets its mind to. I believe that. And when things are at their worst, Americans are at their best. I can't tell you how many people. We had 60,000 volunteers from New York and across the country Healthcare professionals who said they would come to help New York during this crisis. 60,000, Sean, healthcare professionals. And by the way, th- and that knew- means they're putting themselves in harm's way. Yes, yes. I mean, it, incredible. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get the test done. We'll get whatever we have to get done. We always do. This country's uh, the world leader. It always has been. If, if we fulfill our legacy, we'll continue to be. And if we don't let the politics interfere, we'll get there even faster. You can call the opening of Yankee Stadium and, and City Field Hannity's crazy idea. Everyone <laughs> wearing a mask. And if you take a bite of a hot dog, you have one second to take the bite and close it up again. And drink your beer from a straw. That's going to suck, Governor. That's not, But I'll take you to a game. I'll, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm praying for our state. I want this dramatic drop-off if those patterns hold. We're getting closer to it every day, and uh, we're praying for everybody with this, including your family. Thank you, Sean. Let's do it together. Thank you for 800. All right, glad you're with us. Top of the next hour, we will have the president on his reopening uh, America uh, plan again. Uh, we just spent the full hour with uh, the governor of the state of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Um, obviously, more challenges in New York 
than any other place. Although I really, my heart does go out to our friends in Vegas. I mean, it sucks. So many people out there, they are tied to the tourism industry and the casinos and, you know, all the great shows that you can always go to if you go to Vegas. Uh, our buddy Terry Fader. I mean, all the, all those workers, they're all displaced right now. And getting them back to work is infinitely more challenging than anything that anyone else is going to deal with. For example, we're talking to the governor. I said, well, can we talk about having um, the opening of City Field? Now, it's an open area or Yankee Stadium, an open area or Jones Beach outdoor concerts, for example, that always take place in the summer. And there's you know places all over the metro area. Um, if it means for me and I can't speak for every New Yorker. But if I can go to a Yankee game, but it's going to require that I wear a mask and gloves, uh, I'd go. I want to go. My vote is to go. If you have to start out, I guess, social distancing, every other seat can be filled and that's it. I'd accept it, but I, I don't see that big a problem. I, I understand you can't sell popcorn and peanuts because you got to take a mask off to really eat it. You can certainly, like, lift your mask, take a bite of a hot dog and chew it with your mask on. I'd do that. Drink your beer with a straw, which will be awful, but I'll do that too. The choice is beer or beer with a straw. I'll take no beer or beer with a straw. I'll take the beer with a straw. As I think Jim Jordan of Ohio would, as I'm confident that Andy Biggs uh, of Arizona would. Welcome back to the program. Good to be with you, Sean. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. By the way, and you know, there is this backlash. Um, we're getting a lot of backlash all around the country. Uh, Jim, in your state... Yeah. had anti-lockdown protesters swarming the state house. Uh, Governor DeWine has now announced the reopening of Ohio. In Vegas, the mayor fired back over the insane coronavirus shutdown. Uh, Carolyn uh, Goodman called on the Democratic uh, go governor out there to reopen non-essential businesses shuttered during the pandemic. The president's going to point out today you know, Christy Nome never shut down South Dakota. Idaho yep. now is back up and running. And by the way, the country didn't fully shut down or else New York wouldn't have had anything in any grocery store. But the stores were packed. The workers were putting the food on and stocking the food every day. Same with drug stores and the truckers are on the road and the president gave yep. tribute to them. So, Jim Jordan. Yeah, well, no, but the one entity that's not back to work is the United States Congress. I mean, we yeah, why aren't they at work? That's a great question. Yeah, well, all these task force doing great, great work out there, but the task force that's supposed to address big issues in our nation is the United States Congress. And Nancy Pelosi can take cheap shots at the president, who's doing a great job, but she can take cheap shots at the president from San Francisco, but she can't put together a plan for us to come back to work. So we're talking about going back and starting to do the work of the American people. And I tell you, who else is doing the work of the American people? You see the memo Bill Barr put out, Sean? where he said, hey, hey, you can't discriminate against people going. If you're going to let people go to the grocery store and exercise social distance, for goodness sake, they can go to church on Easter Sunday in their cars and not have to be harassed by a governor like they did in Kentucky. So that's why you're seeing people show up at these state houses and protest, because they're sick of the ridiculous things, and they understand it's time to go back to work, and that's exactly what the president's going to talk about tonight. Uh, and I think, look, there's a lot of states are going to be easier. Arizona is going to be easier than New York or Ve or Nevada and Vegas in particular, Nevada. Right, uh, Congressman Biggs? Yes. Yes, Sean. I mean, look, uh, we we want to get back and there's going to be a rally here in mo on Monday. I mean, people want to get out and work. And uh, look, if you've got marijuana dispensaries, for Pete's sakes, that can 
can social distance and you've got grocery stores, why can't you open up your retail shops and get people back to work? And that's, that's really important. It's important here. Uh, you can social distance in restaurants. Uh, you know, uh, Las Vegas, as you said, that's a really tough row right now because 90% of, of gaming and, and casino folks, which is all of Las Vegas, they're out of work. So we've got to start bringing this stuff back uh, uh, much sooner rather than later. And I, I worry about rural hospitals which are starting to shut down because they can't do elective surgeries. Uh, Arizona can open up. Arizona can open up today. Well, I'm looking at, uh, you're right, Kentucky, they had protesters. I mean, the dopey governor there uh, wanted to take down people's license plates if they showed up yep. for drive-up services for Easter Sunday. I mean, what a what a dope. Uh, Ralph Northam is announcing in Virginia, you know, Mr. Well, first we'll deliver the baby and then we'll make sure the baby's comfortable and then we'll let the mother decide if the baby lives or dies. Uh, What that idiot. Anyway. And then Michigan, you had the protesters uh, at the state capitol or a ton of people there. Now, more is happening. The Pennsylvania House and Senate voted to overturn uh, the governor's lockdown order there. Um, And I'm telling you, people have had it. I think this is now. Uh, the American people have hit their maximum, you know, stay-at-home orders, and I think they're saying, "All right, well, we'll wear masks, we'll use Purell, we'll wear gloves, but leave us alone." Jim, no, I, yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. There's something about the American people. We value this thing called freedom. I always say there's a reason that our caucus, we pick the name Freedom Caucus, because it matters, it's important, and Americans instinctively understand that, and they understand. Look, this is a tough time. I mean, you know better than anyone, Sean. You're right there in New York, and they know certain things have to happen, but they know that it can be done in a way that protects fundamental liberty. Why is it when, when you see these, these, these tickets going to people who are, who are going to church, they're getting ticketed, but there's someone there filming it? So I'm wondering, did the press get ticketed too? Because, you know, the press is part of the—it's it's freedom to assemble, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and freedom of the press. Was the press ticketed too? It never seems like they are. And maybe that maybe that would send the press a message if they if they got treated like everyone else. So we need to respect all of the First Amendment, and I think Americans understand that, and that's why they're protesting. Well, you know that a lot of a lot of countries are digitally uh, using new digital surveillance tools to track and monitor individuals. Uh, we know it's happening uh, in the UK. We know in Asia, South Korea, China, Taiwan. We know that they didn't seek permission from people before tracking their cell phones to identify suspected coronavirus patients. Uh, We know in Europe, uh, some of those countries monitor citizens' movement by tapping telecommunications data. We know that American officials are drawing cell phone location data from mobile advertising firms to track presence of crowds. And Apple and Google recently announced plans to launch a voluntary app that help officials can use to reverse engineer sick patients' recent whereabouts. Uh, I'm not comfortable with any of that stuff. Andy Biggs. Yeah, no, that's, that is so far outside of, of freedom and what Americans expect. Scares the hell but out we, of me. Yeah, absolutely. This is such an abuse of, of, of who we are and the rights that we are. So, so the reality is... You got to pull the plug on that. You can't let that happen. And you have to say, we're going to trust Americans to make their own decisions and understand that freedom comes with risks. And we're going to make some choices. And they may not, might not always be the best choices, but you know what? There'll be choices made by free people. 
Hey, uh, Jim Jordan, I didn't particularly like uh, all my text messages. As you know, they were released <laughs> to the public. Yeah. I mean, I, I had no say in a judge and do some dopey judge releasing all my text messages. They didn't yeah, ask my no. permission. They sure you know? didn't. No. That's why. That's why. Look, you got to err on the side of freedom. We got to. We, we got to understand how serious this is. And like I said, we all know that. And, and in, in a difficult time, sometimes there's there's actions you got to take. But we got to do it long term in a way that's consistent with freedom. Again, I come back to the attorney general. It's why his memo two days ago was so darn important. He says you got to narrowly tailor things if you're going to infringe on people's liberty. This is this is long court precedent here. You have to narrow, narrowly tailor it. You you got to be real cognizant of people's freedoms and, and even in difficult times like we face right now. So I appreciate that, and we got to respect that and remember that as we move forward. I went over a plan to, for example, and this is very New York uh, specific, but I think it's going to be every city. They're going to have to think about. You know, baseball season and is now supposed to be upon us and football season not far behind. And what I said to the governor of New York, I said, I'd like to see Yankee Stadium and City Field open, not outdoor concert venues open. You got bigger challenges for, you know, like Madison Square Garden or, you know, domed arenas, but outdoor arenas, for example. What if would you guys if everybody has to have their temperature taken before they're admitted? And what if they even in New York, for example, you go to Yankee Stadium. My choice is either I can't go or I have to wear a mask and gloves. I'll wear the mask and gloves. You know, they sell hot dogs and chicken fingers, but they can't sell popcorn. Every single player, everybody that works in the locker room, every ticket taker, every food handler would have to have a real COVID-19 test. You have to sip your drinks with a straw. Um, maybe start with every other seat, but. Uh, if the choice is mine, I'll wear the mask and gloves and go. I would t I would accept that for the interim, knowing what we're dealing with. What do you think, uh, Andy Biggs? No, I agree with you, Sean. Uh, that that they're part of the fabric of our society as well. I mean, the they're part of the norm, and you got to start restoring the norm. And uh, I I I just get back to this whole thing that Americans are smart enough to take care. Uh, of of public health issues and be careful and we we can be careful and they should start finding ways to open this up i mean they were talking at one point of playing all the baseball games here in arizona which i would love except for we couldn't go see any of the games they were going to them in in the empty stadiums around here that's that that does not bring us back to the norm and we have to get back there i think we can trust i think the look people. i'm not a doctor I'm, this is not my area of expertise but if everybody had to wear a mask and by the way, you get your team emblem on the mask. Maybe the, maybe the stadiums give out the mask. Maybe the teams give out the masks and gloves for people. But if they test every worker that works there, every player, so the players aren't you know contracting this them and passing it amongst themselves, and you have to eat, you know, you can take your mask off, take a bite of your hot dog, and chew it with your mask on. I'd rather have that than none, right? I'd rather have a beer with yeah. a straw than no beer at all. Yep. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I mean this is this is really the, you, you've got it, Sean. You've really got it, and that's you can you can make these steps and you can open them up, um, but as long as you're not letting people make the choices, uh, the, you're not moving back to normalcy. And is this my question? Is is this the new norm? Is this what people really think the new norm is going to be? So, so next year, if you have a massive flu epidemic, is this what's going to happen? Well, there, I think a new epidemic? norm has to be. We're not going to handshake. A new norm is going to be if we have any risk of any pandemic, we shut down travel immediately. 
Travel bans aren't going to be called racist and xenophobic. Yeah. I think public-private partnerships are the future. Um, I think that uh, certainly, you know, working from home, like especially if you want to reopen New York City, I would say put half the workforce, they have to be home. You can make it work look, and keep jobs yeah. and keep the, the city going. Yeah, look, our, our country's made accommodations before after, after you know, kind of events that change things. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to do it again. I mean, I, I was at the White House the other day. And you, they, 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 they take the temperature on your, on your right away. It takes like all of two seconds. So some of those things probably will have to change, as you and Andy have talked about. But Americans can adapt. Americans are amazing people. We, we, I always say my favorite scripture verses where Paul says, fight the good fight, finish the course, keep the faith. We, it's an attitude, fight, finish, keep. That's the attitude that describes the American people. We'll get through this. We may have to make some changes, just exactly like you've talked about, Sean. But I think we get through it. But let's get back to work as soon as we can. And All right, let me ask you this. How are we going to ever open a bar? How do you open a bar? How do you open a restaurant? That's not, I don't have the answers there. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I, I'm not sure either, but we'll figure it out. And, and you know, look, is, will we have to have a little more space there? Will they have to check everyone's temperature before they walk in? I mean, I don't know. We'll leave that to some of the experts. But uh, like I said, we're Americans. We know how to adapt. We know how to to get through things, and I think we'll be uh, we'll be able to figure this one out as well. Some some interview with Dr. Fauci, they said, how do you use these dating apps? And he goes, well, you know, it's the amount of risk you're willing to take. I'm like, oh, great. That's, <laughs> I don't even want to go there. I, those, all, all these young people use these dating apps. They swipe left, they swipe right, and they meet a stranger, a total, complete nuthead stranger. That's how, I, that, but that scares the hell out of me for, my, for kids. All right, I got to roll. Guys, thank you. President, uh, we're going to get to your calls coming up. President will be uh, explaining his reopening uh, of America news conference coming up uh, right at 6. We'll have full coverage tonight at 9. Right about a half hour from right now, the president will announce his plan to reopen the country for business. And then the country never fully shut down. And I can tell you in the epicenter, New York and Long Island, that the shelves in the grocery stores remain full. There were a couple that were a little down one or two days, nothing serious, but the nation's grocers and the entire supply chain for groceries and, and goods that we buy at store and for meat and dairy and bread and, and you know, anything you might need was there. Only shortage I saw time and time again, toilet paper and paper towels. I had stocked up. I'm a, you know, Linda knows this. I mean, I'm my, um, I'm like a mini prepper. I always have extra water. I have is is that supplies. what we're calling it now? Mini prepping? Well, you, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm stuck in the middle of it all. It's not like I can really be our prepper, like hiding out in a bunker I built somewhere. But I always have extra food. Uh-huh. Always have, you know, I save medicines if I get them and put them in like a, you know, old box someplace. Uh, well, I've, I've always had extra water, a ton of extra water. Have a generator. Anyway, we'll get to the phones next. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program straight ahead. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We are 25 minutes away. The president will announce his plan to reopen America again. America never fully shut down. You know, know, there's a reason I'm thinking through. It's so important that, we. well, number one, we can't afford to do this. We can't. It's uh, this country, as the president has been saying, the cure can't be worse than the problem. And we're not designed as a country. We are a consumption based 
society. The only reason that stores in hot areas like New York City, Long Island, and other places in the country, the only reason that store shelves have remained full is because Americans were working the whole time. The reason that we were able to produce the ventilators, the respirators, the N95s, the gowns, the shields, the gloves, and the medicines in our pharmacies and all the other products in our drug stores, grocery stores, hardware stores, the only reason is because people were working. The only reason is because farmers were farming. Those that box things up were boxing. Those that were were packing 18-wheelers, they were packing and driving. They got honored at the White House today. They, that supply, that entire supply chain never, never stopped. The reason that we were able to mitigate so much is the nurses, the doctors, the personnel in hospitals, and even the volunteers from other states that came, for example, to New York were working. The reason the you know, Javits Center, biggest hospital in the country, was built in like a week is because the Army Corps of Engineers was working. And then they staffed the hospital. And the reason that the comfort and the mercy, the Navy ships were able to take on patients is people were working. So it, uh, is it an overreaction to say nobody works? Well, that, first, it's not an accurate statement because people have been working. Now, I, I keep going back to there are significant portions of the country that are not densely populated and that some places never shut down. Christy Nome never shut down South Dakota, but she, she talked every day to the people in South Dakota and said, hey, we need you all to be responsible or some of us are going to get this virus and some of us will die. So we need everyone to cooperate. You can't mandate this cooperation. I mean, I'm sure there are some politicians that would love to take advantage and, and remove all civil liberties. And then you have, you know, you have the unproductive people, the mob and the media. They've just been awful. I have a full pack on the mob. I didn't even get to today. I just I'm sick of talking about them because they're just they're awful. Nancy Pelosi, February 24th. Yeah, come to Chinatown. No problem. Having a great time. Come come down. I mean, dumber than dumb. Some of the health officials in New York are the biggest dopes I've ever seen in my life. Now, if New York City, if you want to open it, and I went over this with Governor Cuomo in the second hour of the program today, I'd say right off the top, you know, if you want social distancing in every building in the workplace in New York, you're going to have to keep 50% of the workforce home. Maybe you do it in shifts. Uh, temperatures taken before you enter the building. Now, as we get more of the testing up and running, and again, that we've had more iterations now of the testing. Abbott, two weeks ago, the, the antibody test didn't exist. They've already created a million tests. Then they created the five-minute test. But the machines are more complicated than you think. Like We're going to end up with a couple hundred thousand ventilators when this is all said and done. You want to know what a bigger problem is? We don't have people that can operate the darn things. We don't have enough people that know how to operate it properly. That's just a fact. Um, and it wasn't easy even for the great engineers of Ford and GM to, to adapt and build an assembly line. They did it. 
The pharmaceutical companies have been up and working. The big box stores, the Walmart, CVSs, they're all up and running. All these people that stock the shelves at every store, they're up and running. Been amazing. Now, there are going to be challenges. I don't have an answer to how do you open a bar. I'm, just, I'm using that one example. I don't know how you open a bar. What are you going to have socially distanced drinking? I don't know. It's challenging for restaurants. I would imagine maybe occupancy, you're going to have to spread out the tables. If you're in a hot spot, you have to spread it out even wider. In some places where very low incidences of, of people positive COVID-19, maybe you can just kind of be normal. I don't know. Depends how close the tables are. You know, that's why I said if the option for me is, and again, New York is unique in what it's dealing with, but if the option is if you want to go to Yankee Stadium, you want to go to City Field, you want to watch the Jets and Giants, if the option is, well, you're first going to have to have your temperature taken. They have the non-invasive tests, knowing that all the players, all of the personnel, all of the ticket takers, all of the food handlers have all been tested COVID positive negative. That would be a must. Everyone going to a sporting event or a concert outdoors would have to accept either you either accept that you're going to have your temperature taken. It's not invasive. They just put it up to your head or else you don't get admitted. You have a choice to make. You don't have to do it. And if you have to accept for a period of time, masks and gloves would be mandatory at a game, football. You know, it's cold anyway for most of the Jets-Giants season. You know, you have to accept they're not going to have popcorn and peanuts because you have to keep your respirator off the whole time to eat it. But maybe you can have a hot dog and, you know, you take a bite and you put your mask back on. You know, you slip a straw with a beer or Coke and you, you know, sip it that way with your mask on. What's the big deal? That doesn't bother me. If the option is that I get to go to the game, but I have to get the temperature checked, wear a mask and gloves, I'll choose to go. My choice. You, everyone else has to make their own minds up. I'd also want to go for the sake of the ticket takers, the vendors, I, you know, the, their jobs for people. I'd want to go just to support them. I'm buying a lot of food from all my favorite restaurants because I want to support them. They're all staying open. You know, a lot of drive up. I'm telling all my friends, hey, you know, you can order from this restaurant, that restaurant. I got the crap beat out of me when I tweeted it once. But I, t I turned up being ahead of the curve on that, too. Maybe if they want to be extra careful, maybe you start, you can only sell every other seat. I'd rather not just have it on TV. It's not as exciting. But, you know, if you have the masks mandatory, the gloves mandatory, the temperature taking mandatory, you know, you're not going to be shaking hands with anybody. Uh, for me, I'm willing to live with that risk. And I don't think there's a big risk that you're going to have a major outbreak with those precautions being taken. The idea is to open things, but open them safely. Bud is in Kentucky. How are you, Bud? Glad you called. Just fine, Sean. How are you? I'm good, sir. What's going on? Nothing. I, um, you know. I, well, your governor's a dope down there, by the way. No offense. Well, <laughs> we got a lot of dopey governors. That, that that's a discussion for another time, Sean. That's a discussion really going to take down people's time. license plates if you go to Easter Sunday drive drive up service. Not even a real service. Yes, sir. They uh, yeah, and the Louisville and the Louisville mayor did some things as well. You know, it, it's it's kind of crazy. You know, I, I've uh, found my way after retiring from the military uh, into the thermal imaging business and uh, and helping people with things with that. And 
work with a uh, friend of mine out of Bowling Green, Kentucky, at the Kentucky Thermal Institute, and you know the technology is there to do exactly what you were describing with the uh, with the governor earlier in your show. I mean, about, in a thermal uh, camera that can be yes, monitor everybody in a crowd. Now, again, you got to trust government. I don't trust government. Here's a, here's here's a here's another, and, and privacy is an issue, and I understand that. There's systems out there that you can mount on a wall and put at a uh, put at an access control point, like you do going into anything. I mean, with what we do going to concerts and everything today, everybody's going through some sort of screening. It can be integrated into part of that, and it you know it's a mounts on a wall. The technology is there; it can take temperatures within 0.2 degree, uh, you know, two tenths of a degree, uh, and, and you don't have to capture pictures. Or any of that, you know. And so yeah. there's there's ability to keep the privacy, and, and and you know we all know temperature is just a first line screening to see if there's anything going on. Right, and and listen, I keep saying because I know government medical privacy. Yeah. I, so, I, I Sean, you know, Sean, I was in the army for twenty and a half years. I understand government a little bit too, and and, and all that. I don't and trust I, them. I'm, oh, I, I'm with you. I don't want a database. I don't want a computer. Testing shouldn't even be name associated. Uh, you know, I look, you're going to have to trust people that if, okay, you're number 620, uh, you get a, you know, card. Okay, you turned up COVID positive. Uh, he, here's a mask. If you don't have one, here's gloves. If you don't have it, go home. Now, here's here's our here's information for how to isolate in your home. So to protect your family Here's information on contact tracing. We ask that you contact these people that might have been exposed. That's it. And you're going to have to let them do it. And it can be done. And it can be done. And the temperature screening can be done just by the simple fact of somebody stopping long enough to blink their eyes twice. You know. Anyway, thanks, bud. I No, it's very helpful. I was surprised because that Wall Street Journal place, you know, uh, piece rather, you know, kind of scared me. I mean, all these countries are taking away all medical privacy, following people on their cell phones. That's scary. That's big brother. Linda, you wanted to say about games. You don't you don't even know what the, how to keep score in football or hockey or baseball or any other sport. What do you care wait about Yankee Stadium and wait, City View? Wait a, what? Hold on one second. Hockey is the one sport I do know. Everything else, forget about it. I don't know anything else, but I know mm. hockey. Okay. Well, maybe they could play. You know, okay, they play I, an outdoor hockey. They can play outdoor hockey games at Yankee Stadium. You know why? Because they do it every right, year. But my whole my my whole point is, if you're going to have people playing and going to see the games at the stadiums, the arenas, whatever, then they can sit however many seats apart to to fulfill the social distancing until we're comfortable, right? Why can't we do that at restaurants? Why can't we just cut the fire code capacity, have them sit in socially distant spacing? It's the same okay, thing I as agree. when you're on a bus, you're breathing the you're same not, air there. I kind of said the same thing, but I'm agreeing with you. Um, but it's okay. a little different because if you go into a baseball or a football game and, and everyone gets their temperature taken and your masks and gloves are mandatory, it sucks. But if the choice is to not go or go with the mask and the gloves i'd rather go that's my choice i think a lot of people would agree with me i don't think you know get, maybe the teams give out their version of masks i think everyone would, everyone likes free crap right so and then you yeah, eat the hot course. dogs the I way mean, i described and you drink the beer the way i described you haven't been to a football game i have i have, have never you ever been, been to a baseball game? game i have 
I went to one baseball game, but I was, you know, upstairs in like the special area. Yeah, in the box. She hangs out. That's her version. (laughs) You don't watch a game in a box. You go to have a party. Uh, But if if the choice is to go that way, I'll go that way. Now, I agree with you in the restaurant. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing you don't have an answer to. You can't open a bar. I can't figure out any way to open a bar. You have a crowded bar. You're in each other's face. Same thing. Okay, that no, takes you away. Do the same what thing. I was a bartender. There's no way you're gonna and? ever have a part of the fun in a bar is you're packed in like sardines. That's uh, part no. of the Who fun told of you it. That was fun. That is not fun. No. Okay. Absolutely what are you gonna have? not. Okay, I would like to socially distance, talk to the girl down there or the guy over here. You know, I mean, it doesn't work. People, look, I'm an old person. It doesn't but, affect me. I don't go to bars anymore. I'm just trying to At figure the out end a of way. The day, when you send a girl, when you send a girl a drink across the room, she's across the room. How many times have you said, "Hey, I want to send that girl at the end of the bar a drink"? Right? Okay. Come on. But the problem okay. is nobody's going to be able to wear a mask in a bar or a restaurant. You can't. Why not? You can you do it at a game. Straw at a at a baseball game. You know. Right, let me get this call in here, Laura mm-hmm. in uh, Illinois. The truckers, by the way, you're a truck driver, Laura. Are you an eighteen wheeler? Uh, Thank you, Sean, for taking my call. Uh, yes, I am. Um, I'm from Missouri. I'm just right now in Illinois. Well, good um, for you. Thank, by the way, you I guys got honored lot. today at the White House, and you deserve it. Thank you. Uh, a lot of the problems that with the spread of the COVID-19 that should have been stopped was the traveling. Uh, for weeks, uh, the um, Greyhound buses and the tour buses, have still been traveling full of people. There's 66 people that are allowed on a bus. They're full. Do they have to wear masks and gloves? No. I have. They have passed me, and nobody's wearing masks. Nobody's that's wearing dumb. gloves. Everybody I think that's a dumb idea. Uh, six feet apart. Now, I can't figure out why HHS and FMCSA did not shut down the buses. That also was on dumb. The road, we're seeing campers. We're seeing campers pulling boats without a state tax. I'm in Illinois. There's a car right in front of me with New York tax. The only state I have seen shut down these buses has been Oklahoma. And it was on the uh, turnpike in Oklahoma at at the uh, Texas state line. Two buses, two Greyhound buses, were bypassing the Texas scales because they have to pull into Texas. And Texas would have shut them down, so they were taking back roads to Oklahoma, and they were going to Wichita, Kansas, mm-hmm. out of Louisiana. Did well, I got to tell you, no, well, first of all, thanks for what you do, and you deserve the honor at the White House, that, number one. Number two, uh, that's dumb, because all these efforts at mitigation go away if you throw, you know, 60 people on a bus. I'm sorry, dumb. Uh, I don't have people in, a problem with people in campers or campsites, but you know you you gotta maintain the distancing there. If you're on a bu- you know a camper bus or the Bortz bus, whatever he loves those things, and he drives that that dopey bus everywhere he goes, and he's having the time of his life. I'm kind of jealous, but um, you gotta be careful. But they, look, I, I I honestly think uh, I think a lot of this can be handled. I can't I can't, it wouldn't be cost effective to have a bar that's mostly empty. All right, well, the president's speaking uh, at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, on how he's going to open the country, the plan. Uh, well, a full coverage of that tonight. Uh, the great one, Mark Levin, is on tonight. Uh, we're going after China big time tonight. Big time.
They deserve it.